My name is Christian. And I'm Rob. And this is Faith 168. There are 168 hours in every week. And in those 168 hours, we need Jesus to make it through. So join us every week as we share devotions, talk about standing boldly in the Word of God, and answer tough questions submitted by you, our listeners. Welcome Welcome to to Faith 168. Good morning, good afternoon, or good evening. Whatever time you're listening to this, we'd like to thank you for joining us here at Faith 168. And we've been having a great summer so far. We hope that you have too. Uh, but we've been running camps. We have uh, have a fellow here with us today that's going to tell us about a mission that he has been on for Christ. And we've seen students putting their faith in Christ this summer. We've seen people opening up and worshiping God together. So it's just been an amazing summer so far. And we're going to talk a little bit about that tonight. Uh, And I'm here with my co-host, Brother Rob. How are you doing this evening for us? Yeah, I'm doing well. Excited about uh, hearing from from our guest, Brother Chris, and and his mission and, and talking about God's Word tonight. All right, and that's great. And and uh, the fellow that we have here is, I think he's a wonderful man. And I think he's wonderful for a big reason is because he lets God use him greatly uh, wherever he goes. I've known him for some years now. He's been the lead pastor of the kids camp of the camp that I manage and he's done a tremendous job at that and leading that. He's seen many students put their faith in Christ as he brings in teams to help lead that camp. So, Brother Chris, uh, just take a moment and tell us about who you are and where you're from. And Well, I appreciate uh, uh, you and Robbie uh, inviting me to, to join you this evening. And uh, uh, as as uh, Christian said, I'm, I'm Brother Chris Downing. I pastor a uh, New Harmony Baptist Church in Paris, Tennessee. I've been here almost six years. Uh, before that, I was a youth and children's minister, associate pastor uh, for La Center First Baptist Church over in Ballard County. That's where I got familiar with the Hillcrest Baptist Camp and start leading teams uh, to the camp for Kids Week. And uh, so I've got, uh, uh, I think I was thinking last night, I think it's 11 years now that I've, that I've sent yeah. teams to, uh, to Hillcrest Baptist camp. So it's a, it's a great joy. I've, I've had the opportunity to do that, uh, and has led, led several other mission teams, other places, including the one I didn't lead the one that, uh, but I went on the one, uh, that, uh, we're going to talk about, uh, to Guatemala mm-hmm. this evening. Right. All right. Well, thank you about, uh, for joining us today and, uh, missions are, are really important and, We have several types of missions, and I've got to serve with Brother Chris on some types of missions that we're going to talk about tonight, and he's going to talk about other types of missions that he's gotten to uh, serve on. But overall, missions are important. As Christians, uh, we're all called to be missionaries of some sort. And I'm just going to read out of Matthew chapter 28, verse 19 through 20. And Jesus says this, he says, Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe everything I have commanded you. And remember, I am with you always to the end of the age. And we sometimes get into this mode that mission work 
and outreaches for the pastor, for the youth minister, or for other lay leaders of the church. But what Jesus is saying that this is something for all disciples to do. This is something that every Christian has the call to do. And mission work isn't just something where you go overseas. Mission work can be within the United States. It can be within a certain state. It can be even in your hometown. And so it's important for us as Christians to remember that we are called to make disciples of all nations. We're called to go out and share the gospel, the good news with everyone around us. And we've gotten to do that so far, uh, Brother Chris, Brother Rob, and I have gotten to do this on a state level. And for me, it's yeah. actually considered a local level since this is where I live. And they got to come over into Illinois and do missions in a different state. And so as they were here, they're actually considered, in a sense, missionaries. They're reaching out to the students and to the people around this area of Southern Illinois. And so missions is extremely important. Brother Rob, do you want to talk about anything concerning missions? Yeah, absolutely. So uh, I, I have a heart for missions. I've, uh, I've been to St. Louis on mission trips um, three different times, working with a church planner through the NAM uh, program uh, three times. His name is Mike Bird. And uh, if you're a Baptist and, and you give to the Annie Armstrong Easter offering, you've met Mike Bird uh, on video this year as, as he talked about the Annie Armstrong Easter offering. And uh, But anyways, I got to go up and spend some time with Brother Mike. And uh, we were working on a, a, a house that the city gave his church that we were going to, to make a, like a technology center for a uh, kind of a low-income community. They were going to uh, set up a, uh, a room for, for housing if, if needed, but then they were going to have computer labs and different stuff available. I've also been to Brazil and built three churches. I've been been there four times, built three churches. Uh, I've been um, mission team leader for the Little River Baptist Association. And so missions are, are really uh, near and dear to my heart. And so I'm excited about uh, hearing the the results and and what God did on this mission trip from Brother Chris, but uh, but beyond that, we all have to understand that um, the first part of the Great Commission, which we're going to read here in just a minute, brother uh, brother Christian's going to lead us on that. But the first part of it is is to um, to start where we are, right? We we start where we are, and then we go uh, as we're going. We we do this mission work that that. Uh, Acts chapter Acts chapter one. We we start in uh, our home. We start in Judea, right, and then we go uh, out into the rest of the world. And so, uh, we you can be a missionary wherever you are. Uh, the fact that um, if you live for Christ, you are a missionary. Uh, you are a, a royal ambassador, as uh, Paul would say that that you are on mission from the gates of heaven. Um, to uh, the world around you, which are the gates of hell, uh, to proclaim glorious light. And so uh, when we hear this report, we're excited to hear what God's doing, um, you know, across the world. But we also want this to, en to encourage us to know that we have mission work to do uh, wherever we are. Uh, and I'll, I'll just throw this in out there, too. If you get a chance uh, to go on a mission trip, whether it's local 
uh, whether it's statewide, national, or, or international, uh, do it. Because the, the amazing thing that God does is that when you're on mission for Jesus, uh, he ministers to you as much as you minister to other people. Uh, some of the, the best times of, of faith-growing experience that I've ever had uh, is on mission, tri- uh, mission trips, whether that be uh, at Hillcrest Baptist Camp, as uh, we just finished just finished that and, and my spirit was restored and uh, I was emboldened and encouraged by seeing young people come to, to faith in Christ. And, um, but, but that's what happens when you give your life to Jesus, he pours into you so you can pour out to others. And so uh, missions are just that awesome opportunity to, uh, to be a blessing, but also to receive a blessing. Uh, and so uh, we appreciate uh, brother Chris, brother Christian, what you do uh, is, is amazing. And we thank you for that. Brother Chris, we thank you for you and, and your leadership in the missions in your church and around the world. Yeah. So brother Chris, I see that you just got back from a mission trip. Uh, where did you go for your mission trip? Well, we, uh, we went with the Western district Baptist association. That's our, that's our local association here in Henry County, uh, to Guatemala. Um, uh, this is a partnership that uh, our association has had for about, I don't know, about nine or 10 years. Uh, I went last year with my family. Uh, we went to Caban, which is uh, kind of on the uh, the eastern side in the mountains in Guatemala and worked there. But this year we did something pretty, pretty special in my book. I, I was very excited. We went to a place where uh, they just planted a church uh, and it was the it is the only evangelical church in that community. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's totally, totally amazing. And just to see the church planted about January or February, and just to see how much it has grown in just a few months is just is just amazing. Uh, obviously, there's other there's other churches. There's a huge Catholic presence, uh, but this is the only evangelical church that the the community has had uh, in recent days. Uh, there, there might have been a plant some other time, but right now is the only church uh, that uh, uh, Baptist church, evangelical church. So we, we were able to work with um, Pastor Hector, and I, I'm not going to try to pronounce his name, uh, last name, because I can't say it. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, and somebody we met last year, Ingrid, his wife, uh, they uh, Ingrid works with E uh, E three uh, uh, volunteers, which is the uh, connection group uh, through the Tennessee Baptist Convention and uh, the Guatemalan Baptist Convention. And what they do, and just just briefly, kind of give you an idea how this hookup, this link works, is E three connects. Um, uh, local associations, churches, and Baptist conventions, Baptist conventions, excuse me, in the United States with the local church and associations and the Guatemalan Baptist convention. And their, their goal is to bring full-time and part-time and short-term mission groups to places that the churches they have seen the Guatemalan commission has planted and uh, churches they're trying to restrain and revitalize. Uh, so we, so our sending agency was not only just the, the Tennessee Baptist Convention, uh, but through the International Mission Board, uh, we was able to link through E3 Ministries. And we went to a place called San Antonio. I told my wife we was going to San Antonio. She said, I thought she was going to Guatemala. Uh, yeah. so, but no, I said, we're, uh, the place is called uh, San Antonio. Uh, it is on the eastern part of the country, very close to the Pacific Ocean. 
and uh, so we got to minister there. Uh, it was just a wonderful, wonderful trip. Uh, we was there for a week, and I, I can't wait to kind of share with you uh, some of the, some of the things that we saw God do. Because because uh, I told my church uh, last night, uh, I asked them, you know. Uh, if they want me to share a few things with them here in the weeks to come, show some pictures and things, and they were very excited to do so. And so I was sharing some of the, the results with them. And I, I, I told them, I want to be careful to, to let you know, this is not anything that we did. Uh, this was this was the Holy Spirit working through us. Uh, so anything that I say that happened on this mission trip, this wasn't because anything that Chris Downing or the Western District Baptist Association did. This this is this is the Lord working and the Holy Spirit working through us. And that's that's what you pray for when you go on mission trips. I would I would like to add uh, uh, just a little bit to uh, what you were talking about uh, being uh, what is missions and the opportunity mm-hmm. for missions, yeah. you know, uh, I, th- I personally believe that mis- being missional is a lifestyle. Uh, yes, you can you can go to places like Hillcrest Baptist Camp. You can go to, to Guatemala. I've been to Haiti before. Uh, I've been to Eastern Kentucky. And well, you can you can do that. It's needed. It's a it's a calling. Uh, there there are full time missionaries out there through our North American Mission Board and Inter- International Mission Board. If you're familiar with Southern Baptist life, uh, but we are called to share the gospel as 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 Brother Robbie said. As we go, we it is it is a lifestyle uh, for the Christian to share his faith. Uh, with the people he comes in contact, he he or she comes in contact with. Right. Yeah, definitely. And if the Holy Spirit doesn't guide you there, then it's probably not going to work out the way you thought it would, too. So, oh, absolutely. I mean, yeah. yeah, things may get done, but I want to tell you something. I don't believe anything can be sustained without the Holy Spirit involved in it. Right. Yeah, you might see some type of progress for a moment. And, and man, is real good about going out and doing something. But if you build that house upon those uh those sand shores of humanity eventually the tide will come in and destroy everything and so we have to be grounded in the solid rock of christ but yeah so thank you for for sharing that and uh we're just going to ask you a couple things i I looked at uh, a post that you put on facebook concerning this and reporting about this and i just want to dig a little bit deeper into this uh, you said that you built a home that your team and you built a home for a family and you got to minister to that family. Do you want to tell us a little bit more about that? Yeah. Um, uh, I wish, I wish I could explain to you what their home looked like before, um, uh, before we got there. Cause I, I didn't go, I didn't go on the vision trip. There was a, there was a, a couple of guys, our director of missions and another uh, fellow from first Baptist to Paris that went on the vision trip for this. And one of the things they asked us to do was to build a new home for this family. And, and I'm just looking at the pictures. I think you could push the home over by just giving it a good shove. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was pretty much bamboo and a, and some middle siding kind of leaned up against, uh, against a, a tree or something. Uh, so it, it wasn't a good a good situation, and I, if I'm trying to count my count heads, I think there was about ten in the household. Uh, so they're all living in this little shack, and uh, so uh, we we uh, we tore that down. Actually, they they had it down before we got there, and they were living. Uh, they live on a, um, a sugarcane plantation, and uh, where where we built the uh, the new the new dwelling because I, I have a hard time calling it a house it's it's a home but it's it's not much of a house because i certainly wouldn't, right. wouldn't want to live in it but uh, they they thought it was the taj mahal but uh, right. uh but uh, they were when we got there uh the plantation owner had a couple of big 
uh, grain trucks were what they use on the plantation farm. And they were living under those trucks while, while we built this home, uh, literally living under, under the truck. And so, uh, what we did was we built a, a freestanding, uh, we would probably call it a shed. It was still had a dirt floor, had four by fours coming up, middle middle siding. Uh, but I'm going to tell you something. The thing looked nice after we after we got it done. But uh, it, it was good. I have to say, I'm not much. Uh, Christian can tell you, I'm not much of a carpenter. Uh, so I, I didn't have as much to do with the building of the homes as I had my hand in other things. But I was definitely there. Uh, was able to take some pictures, and we had we had some engineers, and we had some people a little more skilled in those kind of things right. that really took the lead in in that area but it was it was just amazing to see how quick that uh, uh that went up and what is what is cool i think is we had several men guatemalan men helping us uh neighbors and actually some of the husbands of the wives who were attending the church but don't necessarily go to the church themselves but they wanted to go help uh the missionaries uh build this home for this family so it was cool to work alongside and and not only did we get to build a home we got to we got to minister to these men uh who who are who are lost and they uh lost if they're lost or they're out of fellowship with the with the church and got to encourage them and and it encouraged their wives and so forth so it was it was joy just to kind of work alongside them Wow. Well, that's, that's pretty cool to hear about. And then I see that the Western Dis, uh, District Baptist Association, they provided these water filters and for you to, to take into the towns and, and help set up. Tell us a little bit more about that. Oh, say so our, our association, uh, several churches there. So they did. Actually, our association provided two things. Uh, uh, the churches of our association. Uh, uh, one is we provided for thirty dollars, you could buy a bag of food that would feed a family for for thirty days. And I, I joked with uh, our church last night. Uh, I couldn't feed myself for thirty days on the bag of food that we gave. Uh, but uh, but the, these uh, these folks uh, knew how to do that, and they were thrilled to get it. So we we was able to deliver a bag of food, two dozen eggs. And then the, I thought the water filtration systems were, were cool. If, if you know too much about, uh, uh, about how uh, third world countries work and, and countries in, uh, in Central America, uh, Brother Robbie could probably tell you, but being in Brazil is the water, the water is contaminated. Yeah. Uh, you don't you don't want to drink the water because it's not a matter of you might get sick. You're going to get sick if you drink the water as it is, uh, and it's it's full of bacteria. It's full of stuff that's just just not healthy for you. And uh, so what we did was uh, some of the churches in our association it's uh, bought the, the bought these water filtration systems, and pretty much what it was was a five gallon bucket with a clay pot. It looks like kind of a flower big flower pot, unpainted, and uh, it filtered the water. Uh, you put the water in, and in time, it just did start uh, filtering through that, that clay pot, and it would provide uh, clean, uh, clean, livable water uh, for that family. And oh. what is cool is that clay pot is good for two years, so uh, cool. they can yeah. run, they can run water and have clean water uh, for two years before they have to replace that filter. And I'm going to tell you something: awesome. um, we uh, we delivered one, and they showed me their well that they're getting drawing water from, and uh, it was black as can be. Oh, man. Oh, I'll tell you. I'll, I'll tell you why it was black. Uh, it was a shallow well, and to get to the, to get to these homes, uh, we had to to walk. We couldn't we couldn't drive down the road because the because the just the conditions of the road. So we had to walk down this road that was was partially gravel, but it was partially dirt and mud. And uh, and we quickly realized that mud was raw sewage. And oh, so. Wow. 
that same raw sewage is what was contaminating their wells. And that's what they were drinking from. Uh, we, I took a picture of the well. You, it just, I mean, you could literally just dip your hand in the well. It was that shallow. That, uh, so that, that's, that's the water they were drinking. And a lot of these family had several, several kids and these, these children were drinking, uh, drinking this water. So, uh, it was a joy to them because they knew, they knew their, the water was bad, but they don't have a choice. When we get to go, we get to drink bottled water or, or, uh, the, you know, out of the big blue jugs and things like that. Uh, mm-hmm. so, you know, but, uh, they, they were tickled pink that, uh, their children were going to be able to drink, uh, sustainable water, uh, that they could filter. So, uh, it was, it was just amazing to see. I think, you know, it's that they were excited about the food, but when you brought that water filtration system out, they were just so excited, uh, to be able to get that. Not because, um, not because it, for their, for the, for the adults, for the family, but for their children, uh, they are very, very concerned for their children. And uh, it's a, it was a joy to uh, to be able to provide that for them. Yeah, absolutely. And one of the things that amazed amazed me when I was in Brazil, kind of like what you were saying, is that um, there there's no um, sewage system yeah. uh, like we have here in America. And so uh, the sewage system is a pipe that runs down to the side of the street, uh, and then there's like an indention in Brazil um, and. Uh, the sewage is just running down the street and, yeah. uh, and eventually and, into their water system and their water. Yeah, exactly. To the river. Exactly. And, and, and finally goes into the, to their, to their wells. Uh, so yeah, it's, uh, yeah. Absolutely. Jesus, uh, one time had a, uh, a divine appointment with a woman at the well. Right. And, uh, we all know, all, I thought all about know that story. As, I, as I saw these wells, I thought about that story. <laughs> yeah. yeah, absolutely. And, and so he meets this woman and of course we know, her past because the Bible tells us about it, but, but Jesus has this conversation with her and he was talking about water and uh, about Jacob, the one who uh, was the, the founder of the well, all that kind of information. But one of the things he said was, if you knew who I was, you would ask of me um, and I would give you a drink of water that would satisfy you forever. You, you would never thirst again. And so one of the cool things is that one of the, the, the ladies that you were able to uh, talk to through the ministry uh, of these um, was a, a mother who came to Christ. Is that right? Oh, absolutely. Uh, we, we, we went to um, uh, that, that's that certain family actually lived right across the street. We, the church was, if you're familiar with uh, Central America, there's the Pan American highway, uh, which is the busiest highway in Central America. And uh, this church was the church was right on that highway. So we walked across the Pan America Highway, which is kind of scary, because if you once again, if you're uh, familiar with how they drive in Central America, uh, you you, uh, you realize it can be a scary place. We walked across this uh, yes. this road and and went back to uh, to talk to this this lady. And this 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 woman was somebody that uh, that attended the church or children attended the church. Uh, Pastor Pastor Hector and and Miss Ingrid, Sister Ingrid, had been been witnessing to her and sharing the gospel with her. And um, she just uh, just had not come to the point that the Holy Spirit was had just not uh, opened her eyes yet. Uh, so as we were sharing with her, and matter of fact, I believe we were sharing, Robbie, we were sharing that story with her yeah. about, uh, about the water filtration system and how Jesus provides a living water. And we, of course, you're doing this through a translator. 
because they, right. they speak Spanish and you know what uh, uh, I know I, I know uh, gracias and uh, adios. So my my Spanish is uh, I wished I wished I'd stayed in my college Spanish class. Uh, every time I go there, I think, man, I never thought that uh, Spanish class would do me any good. But uh, but uh, anyway, so you're going through a translator and uh, you're talking with her and uh, she's you're sharing with her. And we had some uh, one of our local Gideons had given me a, a case of Spanish Bibles, uh, New Testaments. And we were mm-hmm. we were sharing that with her and, and, and kind of sh- making that uh, correlation of, of Jesus and the woman, the well and the living water. Yeah. You know, this this water will will satisfy you here. But what's going to satisfy your soul is Jesus. And we were, we were talking and talking and, and be honest, I, I really thought that uh, that we were getting we were getting nowhere. Uh, you know, she was, uh, she obviously, she was responding back in Spanish. And so we were, we were kind of wrapping things up and our interpreter said, uh, so y'all keep on, keep on going. She, she's, she's responding. And finally she said, I want to accept Jesus. And what her, what her hold back, her hold, hold up was, was she, um, she was uh, divorced and she had remarried and she had been told uh, that uh, there was no way the church could accept her. And there was no way that the that the Lord could accept her if she was divorced and remarried. So she had this. She had Satan had had her eyes closed and and had her convinced that uh, God did not want her, that God could not accept her. And and we we shared the, when we shared that story about the one with the will and just yeah. uh, just the and not knowing not knowing her background and sharing this, right. you know, it's just, it just gives you goosebumps thinking about how the Lord was working and we didn't even know he was working. I mean, because you know, all this is, you know, we're, we're sharing, it's being interpreted into to Spanish and back and forth. And uh, she finally said she was ready to accept Christ. And uh, so Pastor Hector came over. Obviously, uh, we want we wanted that to be be personal, and and we didn't want to have to go through the hoops of of translating this. So Pastor Hector came over and shared shared the in the back as if as you know you uh, if you've ever had one of those little Gideon Bibles, there there's a plan of salvation in the back of that Bible, and the, the the Hispanic version of those Bibles are the same. And and he just walked her through that plan of salvation. She gave her her life to Christ, and. Yeah. Uh, I, awesome. I, it, that ne- I don't know about you guys. That never gets old for me. That never gets old. And it amazes me every time that I see the Lord birth somebody into eternity. Uh, and that's mm-hmm. exactly what happened in front of us. So it's, it was an awesome, awesome, uh, awesome experience. And, uh, she was just so happy every time we, we had several, we'll talk about her saying we had several church services, uh, while we were there, several worship services. And she was there every, she is every one of them. She always came up to us, smiled at us. And, and, uh, we tried to, you know, without an interpreter around, we tried to communicate as much as we could, but, uh, you could see the joy on her face, uh, the last, the next, the yeah. last several days that we were around, uh, just knowing, uh, that, uh, she was, uh, going to be an attorney. I took her, I took her picture. I told her, I said, I told her two things. I said, I, I want to take your picture because one, I want to remember you when we're in heaven together. Uh, but secondly, I, I want to take my picture and show, take your picture so I can show it to my church so they can be praying for, for, uh, for you. And she, uh, that just, uh, that just touched her heart. Um, yeah. So yeah. That's awesome. And uh, like you were saying, it never gets old. Last, last week when uh, on Thursday, uh, one of the young men came up to, or, raised his hand and, and wanted to talk to uh, one of the counselors about being saved. And so I, I went and talked to him and I pulled him into the boys dorm so we could uh, be away from everybody. And we talked and, and uh, I told him, I was like, look, I said, um, 
he, well, he first he told me everything that I needed to hear to know that he was ready. He told me that he knew that he had sinned, that he had fallen short of the glory of God, that he was, um, that he was a sinner and he needed a savior. And the only way uh, to be saved was through, through Jesus's gift of eternal life, um, that comes by, by faith. And so, um, I was excited. He knew everything. And so, so I was able to, to talk to him. And, uh, typically what I will do is, is I'll have the person pray. I'll pray for him and then I'll have them pray. Um, and, and so he prayed and, uh, asked for forgiveness and, and basically said, you know, Jesus, I, I make you Lord of my life. And then we went back in, uh, to the worship service um, and he went straight to the altar and went on, got on his knees um, and, and lifted his hands and prayed um, and just was praising God. And then every service after that, I remember looking to him just to, to kind of see. And every time uh, the, the time came for an invitation, he would go up and he would praise God by getting on his knees and lifting up his hands. Wow. And so it's awesome to, to see, not just to see the person pray that prayer or, or to make that decision, sure. but also to see mm-hmm. the fruit of it. And Absolutely. so just like that woman, you, you got to see the fruit of what the Holy Spirit did in her life. That yeah. That's awesome. Um, so we also know that you guys did some, uh, did a vacation Bible school and that uh, some, some students were, were saved. Is that right? Yes. Uh, we, uh, uh, we also, um, well, there was six of us from the states that went down from our association, uh, but we have two uh, of our uh, uh, people who are already there. Our um, our our Hispanic pastor and his wife, uh, our association back when I first came to New Harmony about six years ago, uh, planted a Hispanic church, and brother Edwin and, Pon- uh, and Ponchi, uh, husband and wife, uh, led that church, and he had a a tourist visa. And uh, we've been working through the association trying to get their permanent status. And uh, it just got to the point where it was getting difficult to do. And we realized that uh, we weren't going to get it done before they had to go back. So about three years ago, they went back to, they were from Guatemala. So they went back to Guatemala and we've been, we've been working to get them back. We've got an interim, uh, Emmanuel, which I have grown to love Well, he, matter of fact, we were roommates for this trip, but uh, Emmanuel has done a great job in our Hispanic ministry here in the Western districts, uh, Baptist association. Uh, but uh, so Edwin and Ponchi uh, met us there and they, they conducted a vacation Bible school and, uh, uh, once, once again, uh, we didn't have a lot to do the, uh, with vacation Bible school. I, I did what I could, uh, obviously, uh, uh, the, the language barrier kind of, kind of hinders us, but uh, I right. was able to preach, uh, after it, it was, it's a little different. Uh, the church is a little different about when they meet, uh, they, they don't own the building in which they meet. And actually it's a, it's an open air building. It's a, it's got a metal roof. It's a, it's a nice building, but it's just an open air concrete floor. Uh, you know, it's open air, it's got a metal roof, uh, but it's, it's, it's got lights and fans and things in it like that. But uh, so usually they meet their church meets on uh, Saturday afternoon. Uh, that's when they have their main worship service. So uh, they, um, so as soon as Bible school was over with, all the parents came to pick up the kids and they, they, they were prepared for, and prepared for church. And that's when I got to preach. And uh, we, we, had, we had that service. And uh, Emmanuel, our Hispanic pastor here in the association, uh, uh, interpreted it for me. And uh, we had 15 saved in that service. Uh, it, was, it was totally amazed. Uh, uh, it, I, told, I told our church that uh, we were truly on some fertile ground. Uh, 
there, there are people, people just going through some, some desperate situations that were just looking for hope. And as soon as you told them the only hope that they had, they grasp onto it. Uh, so we had, we had uh, about 15 uh, youth and children and, and a couple adults give their life to Christ during that one worship service. And uh, that was, once again, um, uh, this is nothing that, um, that I have done. This is, this is, this is, this is God, uh, totally God, a God thing. But I told my church, I have never preached and had 15 people come to Christ at one time. <laughs> so, wow. yeah. so for, for, for me, can matter of fact, I didn't know what was happening till it was going on. Cause I, I had to ask the director of missions. I said, what's going well, who, who are these, who are these kids? Cause I know they were talking with them, uh, as they, as they came, came down during the invitation, but I didn't really know what was going on. And once again, everything's in Spanish. And he said, well, bro, Chris, these, these are the kids that responded to, to the preaching who gave their life to Christ. And I, I was just, yeah. I was just blown away. I mean, I, I'm, I'm used to, you know, one or two coming down. I, I, I expect that. Matter of fact, that's my prayer. Most of the time is, is that people will respond, but uh, to have 15 people all at one time, give their yeah. life to Christ. I, I just, it's amazing to see how the Holy spirit worked in, in their lives and how the Holy spirit had been working their lives. And, and it, it was just an honor for me. Obviously I was watering seeds. Somebody else had planted. And, and then I got to see the, see God, uh, give the harvest, uh, reap the harvest. And, uh, yeah. uh it's, it's, it, I, I, words, words just cannot describe the joy that I had, uh, just seeing, seeing, uh, new brothers and sisters coming to Christ. Right. You know, I, I may, I Amen. may never see these people again, more than likely. I will never see these people again. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, if I do, you know, unless it's going back to another mission trip like this or going the same place. Uh, but I'll see them in heaven one day right. uh, because we are brothers and sisters in Christ now. Yeah. And I, I actually got to experience some, some new things, uh, during our youth camp. I, I've seen so many students, come up to that altar so many students call for uh, a counselor to come over and talk to them but as I was talking to one student just this past week about salvation three more students walked up mm-hmm. and there weren't enough counselors at that moment to talk to all the students that wanted to talk and so I had the unique opportunity to talk to four students at once and watch all four yeah. students put their faith in Christ. And let me tell you, when I walked back into that chapel, I was jumping, I was praising God. I was, and uh, I, I mean, I was in tears. I don't cry often, but sure, right. when someone puts their faith in Christ and they take that step from death into life is such yeah. an amazing experience. And it's to think amazing. that God can use such an imperfect person yes. to bring about his perfect will is yeah. just great. And Maybe. so, uh, the last thing I just want to talk to you about brothers, I know you kind of talked a little bit about services there and, uh, you were just talking about vacation Bible school. Do you want to share any more about the other church services well, and we had, how different uh, they were? I, I, as, as I mentioned, you know, they, they had their regular worship service on Tuesdays or I'm sorry, on Saturday. And then on Sunday, they come back for Sunday school, uh, oh. 
so I thought that was kind of neat. Uh, so they just, they get in a big yeah. circle. And uh, so one of our mission team leaders said, actually, he was on one of the vision teams that went uh, to, for, with the association to see what needed to be done. And he taught Sunday school while he was on that vision team. So he got requested to, to do Sunday school again. So uh, he, uh, he he did Sunday school uh, for, for everybody. It was mainly children, uh, but we had several of the moms there. Uh, it, it's, it's, um, as I said, this is the first evangelical church plant in this area in a long time. Uh, so in the culture, uh, for the men, the men have this idea that, uh, that the rearing of the children and church and things like that are for women, uh, that the men, mm-hmm. the men are not involved in that. And that is something that we, as a mission team, really, anytime we went to a home and visited and there were, the men were there. Uh, we really, really stressed and told them, you know, the Lord expects you to be the spiritual leader of your home, that uh, you need you need to be taking your your family to church. This is not something that you need to to leave to your wife to do this. This is something that God has called you to do. Uh, so, you know, we're trying to you're, you're almost breaking tradition. You're also breaking a um, a cultural barrier. Uh, for the men to understand that uh, that uh, they are the spiritual leaders of their home, and uh, so we had one or two men in church, but it's mainly women and children. And uh, and even in that in that time of Sunday school, uh, uh, Ed Brazelton was the, the gentleman. He's a, a retired engineer, uh, but uh, he uh, he led Sunday school and and talked about the uh, the crucifixion resurrection of our Lord Jesus Christ. And even then, we had one or two uh, give their life to Christ uh, during that time. We had at least twenty give their lives to Christ. Uh, through that time, there was probably more than that. Uh, there were some that we probably won't know about uh, on this side of eternity. Uh, then on on Tuesday, we had a, 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 a evangelistic service. Our director of missions, uh, Brother Jim Twilbeck, he preached that service and preached about Thomas uh, and, and uh, Thomas' response to the crucifixion of our Lord Jesus Christ and his resurrection. And, and even then, we had five or six give their life to Christ even yeah. then. So awesome. as I said, it, it is it was a... For me, and it's not about me. Don't get me wrong. Uh, it, it was a a breath of fresh air for me to go somewhere where the where the spiritual ground is so fertile uh, that uh, that people are soaking up the gospel and which you uh, which you are you're sharing with them that they're they're listening intently for some kind of hope. And we're 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 giving them the only hope that's in the universe uh, through a relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ, and just to see. Uh, people's lives change as they give their lives to give their life to Christ is, is once again, is just totally, totally amazing. Mm-hmm. Yes, definitely. I went over to Puerto Rico when I was 18 years old to do a mission trip over there. And it was a, a very different experience for sure. But they asked me to preach one night and I got up there and of course you have the translator and they're speaking for you, which is extremely odd. If you've ever had oh, yeah. a translator for you before, you're you're saying a point and then you're waiting for the translator to say something, and it's extremely easy to get lost in what you were saying or or remember what you had just said. Or but get I got ahead up, of yourself, <laughs> right? Or get too ahead of yourself, yeah. And, and, on your shoulder, slow down. <laughs> you can't, right? <laughs> yeah. Hey, hold up just a moment. But uh, yeah, so as I was as I was preaching, uh, man, I, I preached my heart out. I looked out, and you know, you could tell that people were were hearing and understanding. And then at the end, uh, you know, I said, "All right, this is my last point, and we're going to pray." 
everyone kind of looked at me weird and we ended and everybody was all right with that. But then I went up and asked the pastor of the church. I said, Hey, I, I didn't say anything wrong that hurt anyone's feelings or offended anybody. Did I? He said, no, 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 no. That's not the problem. It's just usually we go on for about two or three hours, uh, <laughs> you know, not 15 minutes. And I was like, oh, okay. And, and so that was a big thing. I remind people if they ever get tired of how long I'm preaching, that I could sure. just act like we're in Puerto Rico for a little bit. So, <laughs> or you could tell them what I do, tell the kids at camp. If, if, oh, I see you, if I see you sleeping, I just add 10 minutes to the sermon. Yeah. 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 Oh man. Y'all should see the kids at, at camp when brother Chris gets up there and preaches, he says, all right, no slouching, sit up straight and listen up. And this can be, you know, short, sweet and to the point. And they all sit up and they're all watching intently and they listen, they listen they they very really well too. Sense. Yeah. But we thank you so much, brother Chris, for, for coming on here and talking to us about this trip and giving us this report. I want to encourage anyone that's listening to this to pray for those that this mission trip reached and how, how God used these missionaries to go out and reach these people in a completely different culture. Pray for those people that put their faith in Christ, because here's what's happening. And here's why missions is so important because a mission team went out to Guatemala and made disciples right there in Guatemala. And guess what those disciples are going to start doing? Hmm. They're going to make more disciples. So pray for those that put their faith in Christ because Uh, now that's why, that's why I said earlier that, that um, being a missionary, being missional is a lifestyle, right? Uh, Because disciples make others disciples. Mm -hmm. Right. And now that now those, it's not, it's not, yeah, it's not it's not addition; it's multiplication. Uh, right. True. Uh, yeah. One person gets saved, and he tells five, and another person uh, tells somebody about Christ, and she tells ten. I mean, it just it just keeps on going, uh, and that's that's the command that we've been given. Uh, we start as uh, Brother Robbie said: you start you start at home. Uh, that goes uh, just not stopped uh, in, in your community. It goes on to your uh, to beyond that, uh, maybe to the state level, to uh, to to your to your country, to the and and to the to the other uh, most parts of the world. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and so now they're the missionaries. Now they are the missionaries. That's right. Y'all went over there as missionaries, and disciples uh, were made as they put their faith in Christ, and now they're the missionaries of their area and. So pray for them, whoever's listening right now, just pray for them that God would use them mightily, uh, that the spirit would move them and that they would make more disciples. And, so and, again, I, would, and I would add, if you don't mind, Christian, oh, yeah, go ahead. Uh, that uh, I encourage everybody to go on a short term mission trip. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I think everybody needs to go on at least one short-term mission trip in their life. And, and if you ever went on one, I think you'd go on more. Uh, and that, that could be a very simple thing, uh, something like going to Hillcrest Baptist Camp, going two and a half hours. For us, it's two and a half hours. Uh, but going two and a half hours and spending a week at Hillcrest Baptist Camp, or maybe that's going to St. Louis uh, uh, to work at a church plant. Maybe that's, maybe that's going uh, to Arizona. To, I, know, I know a missionary in Arizona that's working on a— uh, uh, Indian, Indian reservation out there, or maybe it's going to another part of the world outside the country. Uh, because this, this is why I think you need to go on, on a 
a short-term mission trip is because one, it gives you a new vision about what you need to be doing at home. It, it refreshes your soul and it, it, it opens your eyes about, Hey, I've come here for this week to do this week, this month, this year, whatever I've where, wherever the time is I've come here and I have focused my ability on sharing Christ, being, being a disciple, being a, being a witness, uh, encouraging. And it, I really believe it opens your eyes to understand, Oh, okay. I'm supposed to do that when I get home too. And right. so I believe, I believe short-term mission trips are wonderful ways for us to go to share the gospel, but I also think they're a wonderful way to come back home and be missional in our own communities. Yeah, definitely. Absolutely. Uh, I was just, well, brother Rob, uh, you got anything else? Oh yeah. So I, I just uh, was going to say, uh, back in, and brother Christian and I, we, we went to the same, uh, school, same high school and they did a, a mission week, uh, like a, a camp type week of missions in their own hometown. Uh, the youth did. And I, I just saw that they had, uh, seven salvations already this Praise week. The Lord. So God's, yeah, God's moving and doing amazing stuff. I'm telling you right, right now, um, I believe uh, everything from the overturning of, of Roe v. Wade, God has got a special plan for this year. I, I'll share this. Um, the, uh, the Jubilee um, in the, the, the Jewish calendar, every seven years, debts would be forgiven and people would be set free and indentured type servants or uh, uh, people who kind of were, uh, had sold themselves into to a different type of slavery, but a slavery would be set free every seven years. Well, but every seventh seven years, uh, so 49 years, uh, the 50th year, so the year right after that was called uh, the, the year of Jubilee. And it was this, this time where every single debt was forgiven, everybody was set free, uh, and it was just a, a wondrous and, and joyful year for these people. Uh, what what is pretty cool to me is that Roe versus Wade was overturned uh, in the fiftieth year, and I believe because of that, because of our country making a stand for godly principles and for for life and and the dignity uh, of the 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 imago dei, the the image of God in in every individual, I believe we're going to see God move this year in a special way. And so, if you've got the opportunity to go on a short term mission trip, do it whenever you can. Yeah. Uh, but I think God's got something special for this year. And so I would challenge you at your church, be on missions at your workplace, be on missions. Uh, but if you can find a, a place where you can, um, can get away from home for, for just a little bit and, and focus the, the full time, whether it's two days, whether it's a week, uh, whatever it is, go on missions for, for Jesus this year. And I believe you'll see, uh, the Holy Spirit do amazing things. Yes. Amen. Amen. Well, Brother Rob, as always, it's a joy to co-host another episode with you. And we like to thank you, Brother Chris, for joining us thank here on Faith 168. It. And thank you for, for living faithfully. Uh, of course, the best thing about you is Jesus. And I praise okay. God that Jesus is used you and the team that went to Guatemala greatly. I, I've praised mm -hmm. him for, for using you greatly at uh, the kids camp here at Hillcrest Baptist camp. So thank you for all that you were allowing. Anyway, God and I don't, do I don't through. think we said we had two saved at kids camp, didn't we? Yeah. Two saved at kids well, camp. Yeah. I'm getting ready to and, baptize one of those here in a few weeks. 
Yeah, I'm excited because I'm about to open the the baptism over at uh, the church where I do youth ministry at, and we're going to awesome. have several of our students that awesome. uh, get baptized right after this discipleship now weekend that we're about to have at the camp. But again, once again, brother, uh, so thankful for how God is is using you. And I'm going to ask you if you would end us in prayer. Oh, I'd be honored to. Uh, let's pray. Uh, dear Heavenly Father, we come to you and we thank you so much for the opportunity that you have called us uh, to be a witness. That you have called us uh, not just to go to other places, but to be missionaries right where we're at, to be missional, uh, to share Jesus where we're at, whether that's through uh, uh, through uh, uh, sharing it uh, through through word, or maybe that's even just being an encouragement in somebody's life to uh, to plant a seed uh, for somebody else to water, and and most importantly, we understand that you reap the harvest in that, Lord. So we pray uh, that uh, you you have, you evaluate our hearts, and uh, we pray that we we come more and more missional for you we, we we be more of a witness for you lord and i thank you so much for brother robbie brother christian for all they do at, at hillcrest baptist camp and and uh appreciate uh, christian his leadership in that lord and and the churches in which they serve lord i just pray for them and most importantly we give you all the honor and glory for everything you do because it's not about us it's all about you we are ambassadors uh for you as as brother robbie has has said uh uh earlier in that uh, that second corinthians uh, uh passage where paul tells the the church at Corinth that we are ambassadors for Christ that uh, we uh, that we uh, uh, we we represent you and we get the high honor of doing that Lord and we love you and we praise you and we pray these things in your name amen 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 thank you all for joining us here at faith 168 we love you but most of all God loves you and we hope that you have a wonderful week thanks for joining us today Every week has its trials and tribulations, and we want to encourage you to seek Christ during those times. We want to pray for you during those times. So look us up on Facebook by typing in Faith 168 Podcast and send us a message. It can be a prayer request, or maybe you want us to answer a question that you've been contemplating. Just send us a message. Thank you so much for joining us today. And we will see you again in 168 hours.